2: On 937 the ticket and the ticketfm.com.
5: What up? We're back. Jay Foreman, Austin Orman, Old School. Brought to you by the Mercado. Um, we're gonna jump right into it. We got a caller. We got my man Brandon. We're gonna pass Brandon through. Brandon, what's up, my man?
4: Hey Jay, how's it going?
5: It's going pretty good. How about yourself?
4: Oh, not too bad. I have a quick question for you, obviously, with you being a former Husker and probably still having some close ties within the university. You know, one of the things that's going to cross my mind here, and I know you won't be able to comment on the NIL from, you know, other universities and things like that, but when you look at what Nebraska's NIL has and what they're about in helping the student-athletes with, looking more towards the future as well as branding themselves, setting up um, these kids for financial success in the future, uh, whether it be with retirement accounts or um, LLCs uh, pertaining to their different business entities and and establishing these um, deals with companies. Do you think that, the way Nebraska has approached this is potentially hindering some of the top tier recruits in Nebraska because you don't necessarily see, and I grant it we haven't had a whole lot of success in the football program, but do you see that hindering us at all? Because for instance you see other other top level athletes at other programs that are getting these, you know, massive deals with car dealerships and they're rolling around and you know range rovers Mercedes Benz, and they're flashing their their jewelry and their money do you think that's potentially something that could hurt nebraska in the long run
5: oh uh, that's a good question man i mean it's just be just because uh you know you see it and uh, you know here's what i'd say brandon i think it's kind of like the 2% versus the 98%. I think the 2% that probably is getting a lot of social media attention is the big-name guys, you know, Shador Sanders, which obviously, you know, his dad has been setting him up for this for a very long time. And remember, Bijan uh, Bijan Robinson down in Texas had, a, I think, a Ferrari and stuff like that and, and some other ones. Um, so I think those that's the 2%. So that's a very small percentage of players not only that have earned it, um, through their brand, and then obviously more importantly through their play, but then how a certain university, which is obviously in this case Texas or Colorado or any other of those, you know, and you saw Caleb Williams has a, I think a Ferrari or something like that, and, and, and B. John Robinson had a, a Lamborghini or something. You know, that that's what you're doing in a specialty situation, but I think ultimately majority of uh, NIL's collectively, collectives are operating about the same. Actually, I think, kind of, you know, contrary is that the way Nebraska is doing it and trying to not only take care of them in the short term, but then make sure you set them up for the long term, you know, goes right in line with who Nebraska is as far as, you know, was way ahead in the, uh, you know, academic area and has continued to grow there. And then obviously in the, in the student athlete support um, continue to do that. They have life skills department that they invest a lot of money, energy and time into it. So I think it goes right along with it. So I think they do a good job and, you know, you could always do, you know better you know i've seen where you know like utah university of utah you know doesn't really have a big collective as far as financially austin i think they have a a dealership that obviously probably from a a booster or a donor where every player that's on scholarship gets to have a you know i don't know if it was a dodge you know ram or something i don't know something like that so it's just kind of mm-hmm. i think everybody's doing it their own way and i think the best thing you could do is do it within your time frame and in your identity because if you are built on certain principles and then your NIL is totally different, then they won't match up because then there would be confusion. So really I think Nebraska is doing a good job and they're also willing to adjust because they're willing to listen to suggestions and there's other stuff that they could possibly do, but I think if right now, and you're thinking about it, they're doing a good job.
2: On your identity and on your principles is wildly important because each school will have different resources um, and a different idea of what NIL is and looks like. But I think what we're finding is that it's not just, highest bidder wins, right? Right. For some kids, it absolutely is. And okay, that's part of the business. But I think for a much higher percentage of the student-athletes and prospective student-athletes, it's it's not about the perks. It's not about the money. It's for what's the best football fit. But if I can have a good enough football fit and still get this truck for four years, then you're probably going to side with that. So as long as these schools are making efforts to, to try an NIL. Right. It might not be the highest dollar, but I want to believe that there are enough student-athletes and enough solid advisors out there that aren't advising kids to chase the money, that are still chasing the best football fit, and then whatever that school can do, as long as it's a good-faith effort to say, right. we appreciate you being here, here's what we are able to do, I think there are enough young student athletes out there who recognize that.
5: Yeah, most definitely. I think you're, you know I always try to tell these college athletes your best NIL negotiating package is what you do out there on Saturdays or whatever the games are, are kicked off because and also how you hold yourself, you know, a, st- a standard, you know, on and off the field, in the classroom, in in and obviously in the meeting room, so forth and so on, is your best NIL negotiating tool. Um, now, granted. If you like a school and it's what school, you know that you can go and see you. You know it's a fit. You like the the social aspect, and then you get down to the business, and that's the NIL stuff. And and if you if you're chasing an extra ten or twenty thousand dollars, but ultimately you won't be happy there when you're not when you finally realize you, you you're not in in the best place for you, right, on or on or off the field. That extra money that you chase is not. Wasn't worth it, and then you have to use your
2: one free transfer. And if something pops up down the road then that you the, the, didn't prepare for, that situation might sit
5: yeah, and that situation might not be there anymore. And so it's a it's a hard choice. Now I think sometimes I think it's great that these kids are able to take advantage of their you know name, image, and likeness, and I think that's a what they deserved. And you know I'm not jealous of them. I'm happy for them, right? And that's you know do it do it the right way. Um, you're 10 steps ahead of the average student, probably even more than that coming out of college. You don't have any college debt and you're getting, you got a great starter kid on life, use it the right way, but then also don't be so fixated on it to where you're going to make a bad decision. Then ultimately you have, you have stopped your earning power when you're done playing football. The biggest thing that you could do is get in the right place, business wise, football wise, and also set yourself up for when you're my age and even after. And then if you do it really right, you can set it up for your family members, obviously kids and all the other stuff to be able to kind of follow in your footsteps and make it even better. So, you know, I think the way Nebraska's doing it, they're doing it, you know, doing it well and um they'll continue to do it well. I think when you when you win, you're able to do different things for your collective, right? So I think if you're a winning program national championship type of deal, you can kinda of just have a flat fee because people are coming there because of you know what you come here you're going to be developed in whatever position to go to the pros versus sometimes places you got to overextend yourself and then you got to make sure that it's all done in the, with the right uh the mindset and that goes both ways I mean sometimes you can you see it all the time in NFL free agency right and and sometimes in basketball I mean if you want you look at it like uh you know Adelius Thomas right it was one of my it was a great kind of Jack of all trades linebacker was in Baltimore, had kind of a career year, you know, during a contract year. New England was the the highest bidder. Never fit. Never saw him afterwards. If he went somewhere else then you then you say, you know what, they they the system is fit for him. He fits the system, the city and all that, then maybe he can extend his career. Yes, he got the initial upfront money, but he didn't get anything else as far as the base salary because he was cut cut from New England. When his base salary was was a little bit lower, so he never really got to see the double hit, right? So you got to make sure that sometimes you know chasing it isn't the best deal, and and you and, and there's
2: a difference between betting on yourself and chasing the bag.
5: Yeah, it, well, if you're chasing it blindly mm. versus chasing it with your eyes open, uh, it's two different things. Chasing it blindly is say I'm say I'm down to uh, say in my instance I was down to say Michigan State and Wisconsin, right? That's who I've kind of always had in my top two, back and forth for my whole senior year in high school. And then say, which, which did happen, Kansas State comes in. This is back when Kansas State was garbage, and they come in with literally a bag, right? So...
3: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
5: I chased that bag blindly. Now I'm in a place that I don't know the coaches, I don't know the city, and yes, I have some extra change in my pocket, but then I'm happy Then I don't play well. Mm -hmm. Now you're not playing for a, a good team or just in the right situation. Or you don't have as dedicated players like me and Strick talked about in the crossover. You have guys that let you down. So you're playing with a bunch of guys that are extremely talented, not desire. So then now you're not playing as well because, you mm-hmm. you know, football is a team game. It's not one against 11. It's 11 on 11. Well, now you're saying, you know what? Now I need to actually go make a more educated decision, right? Kind of got your so-called bag. Now your value as a player is down twofold. You're on a losing team and you're not playing well mm-hmm. versus if I went where I really was wanted in, in where I wanted to go, excuse me, and was needed, and I already had the relationship with them, and it's more probably in this case was w- better winning program, then I'm able to make a, a better decision if I choose to do so, or I stay there and continue to earn a bigger bag, mm-hmm. earn a bigger NIL deal, earn more opportunities off the field to set me up for the future.
2: Let's put this in perspective too of the NFL draft, where you go to say Kansas State instead of Michigan State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, whatever. I'm sure those scouts, evaluators, will find out somehow how you got to Kansas State, right? You can just end up there, right? They will find out that there was a bag involved. right? And then they'll be questioning your decision-making, like, oh, what are his values? Does he really want to be here? Is he just in it for the money, the fame, the the blitz, the glamour? That gets called into question because they're not going to see, oh, it was just the wrong football Mm -hmm. fit. It's going to be... What was this dude seeing? Yeah. Like what would drive him there? If it Why would just a five, money? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. But also it, it, another thing: no matter where you're at, right? You could be at Alabama and say you come in as a three star uh, recruit and you, you end up doing well. one of the biggest things that scouts are going to start asking, him, which they do now, is how how was how has he changed and and good or changed good or bad mm. after he got nil put on scholarship a bigger NIL.
2: First taste of success. First taste
5: of success. Because then mm-hmm. they could project how you will be being in the NFL with a ton more free time, and in a lot of cases, a ton of more money. Mm-hmm. Right? So then you got to make sure you're, like I say, you're always being watched. You're always being evaluated. This is a business. If you're not business-minded on the field and off the field, it's not going to work out for you. And then now on the flip side, Austin, if you're too fixated on the business, meaning going around and, trying to do 10 NIL deals on your own and all that other stuff, well, then it's taken away from what's really the business, and that's the football, the preparation, and what you do on the field. So, you know, it's it's a very unique situation. It's, it's catch-22. It's it's very stressful because it's the, ultimately the unknown. Um, some people go about NIL differently. I mean, heck, you know, you got all the way back to Tennessee a few years ago. Their NIL deal was just right <laughs> in the McDonald's <bags>. bag. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, there you go. And so then some are just trying to – be a little bit more stringent and stringent on it. And that's where you got to really probably not only talk to the athlete, but talk to the, you know, their mentors and family members or whoever their guardians are to make sure that everything's, you know, a okay and, and, and going about it the, the right way. Um, And that's where trust got to come involved. And that's where you ultimately always have to think of different ways to raise the money. NIL ways in NIL wise, because ultimately the landscape of NIL uh, is going to, you know, change vastly. I mean, if you think of just yesterday, they they you know allowing you know the second transfer for free where you won't be penalized, you had the NCAA president finally you know you know dip his head up there like he was like uh what is it the, the is it the muskrat or whatever that you know if, he's, if he if sees a shadow it's a good or long winner and all oh, that. Oh, Bunch of time
2: you fell the groundhog. Yeah, the yep. groundhog.
5: He he came out of the ground and he said, look, if we want to eventually put a cap on this thing and let the universities you know pay him yourself mm-hmm. with a cap. So you have to project those things and actually, you know, go along, go along, go along with it at the present time, with the future in mind. And then also, you have to understand the cha- the changes and dynamics of your of your locker room. You, if you have some success, which you which you had compared to the you know year or years before, that will change your nil. That will change the dynamic of your team. That will change how you go about it. As far as maybe you have a baseline, maybe you increase the baseline but then also you have to make sure that you are open and honest with the players that haven't reached that pinnacle yet mm-hmm. and and so it's a constant re reevaluating your roster, re-recruiting your roster and being who you are. You know, one of the things that um is interesting is is you know, Matt Rule was on what was it, Pat McAfee mm-hmm. um and he was saying that he he'd like to be 90 you know, obviously ideally 90% you know, high school kids, 10% you know, transfer portals, you know, some years, and, it ha- and I think what you have to do is make sure after four years, that's your average, mm. ideally. Yeah. Because there's some years, right? Like last year, you're, you're way higher than 10%. But then some years, you might be down to 5% because actually the guys that, that you developed out of high school is starting to kind of pay off.
2: You hope that's year three, year four. The right. guys that were in there from the ground level right. got that first dose of culture.
5: And that's where the, du- the W's be- come, come into the, in the play. And that's where it's so imperative um bowl games are so imperative because that gives you a lot more leeway and it gives you stronger negotiation power when you're negotiating outside of your your walls so that means here's what i mean by that say say nebraska makes a bowl game you you have a little bit more bargaining power at, and also you can you have a clear vision of what you need and want you know you're out there you're not you're not bargain shopping you're you're specialty shopping so if i need a linebacker mm-hmm. i need a pass rusher that's what we're focusing on that's where you can allocate, you know, a certain amount of funds and all that. But then it also gives you the ability to walk towards somebody or walk away from them based on what you need, what you have in the cabinet, which is at your practice facility, and you're able to see it 15 extra practices. So, right. you know, just say, let's play hypothetical before we go to break. Say Jay Foreman is a red shirt freshman and You know, I I pulled my hamstring in two days and had a little, played some or didn't. I redshirted, I played the four games redshirted, got a little bit of an ankle sprain. You're waiting for me to, you know, the light to flick on after the sixth or eighth game. And then I hit the last two or three weeks just running. And I only played three games. Mm -hmm. Then I get those 15 extra practices. Then you start to see days stacked on each other. You can start. oh, they're like, oh, man, this dude might be a player next year. Boom, I get in the bowl game. I start making. So then now if they're trying to recruit an Austin Orman and there's any type of strong-arming, well, now we know what we got, right? That's what I always talk <laughs> about when Oshan came in. It's one thing to address the need, but you have two guys that were pretty consistent starters. You had a guy and guy coming up the, up the pipe in Jamari Butler. You have mm-hmm. to weigh out what you invested in that. Was it worth a year not invested in in Jamari Butler? Opportunity J- cost. J- exactly. Just on the field, mm-hmm. take NIL, uh, nil out of it as far as Jamari goes. But you did that, and that were in that case to one player that you could have maybe allocated other ways. Especially when they weren't as productive as you liked,
2: right? There's there's difference between like sunk costs, where you've put all this time and effort into them that you know you feel obligated to play a guy that you've invested this much in, need if he's not you know the best. But there's also that opportunity cost. What's the trade off? Do we is it more valuable to us to go get a one year rental type of yeah. guy to fill this need, or is it more valuable to us to invest the time and effort, the reps, the snaps into this young player that we, right. we thought we felt good about, but now we're not sure about? Again, it goes back to the business. Even if it's not, you know, pure hard dollars and cents, there's a trade off for every decision.
5: Right? Yeah, there is, and, it, and it's no different than, you know, say you're managing people and it's a sales force. Is it is it more cost effective to kind of put more resources into somebody that you have some, you know, history with that maybe just need to get a little bit more, um, you know, fine tuning, or going out there, you know, putting money into marketing the job, you know, teaching them the basics, and then now you're flipping a coin whether they get it. So. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part, and there's never there's not an exact science to it. You know, a lot of time. I mean, look at it. Mel Tucker, when when he had the magical year, Kenneth Walker III third was just a guy at Wake Forest, seven hundred fifty yards. Just, a, I mean, he was. You, 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 there's no way you could project that he was essentially. He should have probably. I could make a case that he should have won the Heisman. Now he got shut down against Ohio State. Now look, the defense got blown out <laughs> out the frame. You can't run the ball being down forty five nothing, right? So I mean, so you got to think. He was that dude. They beat Michigan, and so you never could project it, and so that's where it's like a crapshoot. So um, you know that's it for the uh, the portal, and uh, I think we're gonna take a break. Come back. We're gonna talk a little bit of NFL tonight. We're gonna talk a little bit of volleyball, and and then we're gonna end on uh, the Draymond Green Uh, again. You know they just they're now they're talking about what some of the stipulations he has to go through. (laughs) I think it might be more than a four or five game suspension. If I'm Draymond Green, I don't know if I'll much longer. I mean, how much I want to do this stuff. You know, I gotta got a good make, side hustle going. Yeah. And I might want to say, you know what? Christmas break sounds pretty good <laughs> right now. So, Jay Foreman, Austin Orman, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back.
2: Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with D, P, and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com.